I don't know. It's just, you don't know, right? It's just a feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, this is the one, you know, because I remember her saying one time, she just looks at me, she goes, we're going to get married, aren't we? And I remember when he paid for the bill at the bar, slyly trying to check on his um, massage driver's license and trying to check and see what his date of birth was because I knew he was older. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I am Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences with working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guest, Angela and Chuck. Welcome, guys. Thank you. You guys are actually, this is this is a really special one, too, because... You are actually a repeat guest because the first time it didn't really record, right? And we were still trying to work out our the bugs in the system and everything. But thank you so much again for agreeing to come back and be on the show. Your story is a very interesting one and it aligns with the topic that we are going to be talking about today and that is age differences, correct? Right. And before we get to that, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, How old are you and what do you guys do for a living? Sure. So I am 37 and I am in customer success in the technology industry. So um, was in sales, meeting and event planning in the past, um, marketing, market research, etc. Customer success is my jam. So I'm doing that. Yeah. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Chuck here, and I am 48 and recently just quit my job, but I was in the construction <laughs> business, superintendent for many years. I love the construction business. Probably will uh, do something of the sorts after this now, um, maybe inspector or maybe start my own business doing some woodworking or something like that. But yeah. They get a shift in your career. A little shift in the career. Life in transition. That's right. That's right. And how long have you guys been together? We've been together six years. We've been married. It'll be five years in December. Awesome. So why don't you tell us the story of how you met? You're better at this than I am. (laughs) (laughs) So I was working at a food service broker at the time and working with Chuck's best friend. They've been best friends since they were five. Uh, They were born in the same hospital on the same day, an hour apart. And their families both wound up relocating to Park Ridge. um, And they wound up in the same kindergarten class, unbeknownst to the families until I think Chuck went over to Danny's house for lunch. And he said, Danny's mom asked, oh, who? what was your last name? She knew my name. Yeah. And she said, I know you. I know your Um, mom. So that was the beginning. So, and I always like to preface it with that because I just feel like that's kind of where our story started because I worked with Danny and um, 
his wife was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer in uh, 2011, pardon me, in 2010. And in 2011, she was sponsored by the Beat Tom and Bill Foundation, which is a local charity that does an annual golf outing and sponsors local families who are battling cancer. Danny's just, he just struck me as a super nice guy, like always talked about his family, like high energy. You know, now I wish he could tone it down a little bit, but that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I talked to my dad. My dad's a small business owner. I said, you know, how can we help? And he goes, yeah, you know, I'll help. I'll sponsor a whole. Didn't think anything of it. The following year, um, my girlfriend was diagnosed with lung cancer, um, non-smoker and was diagnosed with lung cancer. And Danny, you know, because we work together, I let people at work know. And he went to the board because he was on the board at this time. And uh, he said, we have to help. And this was like two weeks before the outing. So that was in May of 2012. Uh, Chuck was at the outing golfing, sort of. And sort of golfing. Trying, sort golf, of golfing. trying to swing a club. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own club. So <laughs> I, I got I that mean, going for me. I'm sure his golf skills are fine. I think his drinking skills on the golf course are probably better than his golf much skills. Better. But, <laughs> much better. Um, and that that point will come out later oh, in the story. Okay. That's why that's important. Um, so I was there volunteering and he was there golfing. And, you know, I was with coworkers and he was with friends and Danny had introduced us all. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Nice to meet you. You know, I, my, my brain wasn't there. And then we, we went to the dinner and every time I turned around, Chuck and his buddies were standing behind me. And I was like, like just yeah, creeping on just you. Totally right? creeping on me. And I'm like. Okay, this is this is really was that intentional? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. But Chuck's actually mm. kind of shy and, and quiet mm. when it comes to that. So his buddies were like, "Thank God he you had those two with you." Yeah, um, because they were all they were encouraging. They were encouraging me. They were striking up the conversation. They were yeah. good wingmen. They oh, were they were. So so yeah. Danny was telling you, "Hey, you got." It wasn't go Danny. In. It was a couple other buddies of mine. <laughs> oh, that okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Did did you let them know that you were kind of interested? Yeah, in yeah, and then okay. so they. Uh, yeah, then I, that I, good thing I told them that because they took it from there basically. They really did. <laughs> Somehow they actually helped your cause too. Yeah. <laughs> Still don't know how, but yeah. So yeah, so that was, and he insisted that we have dinner together. So we're, you know, we're trying to find seats for like our his buddies and my coworkers for all of us to sit together. And finally, we found this table and that we could all fit at, and we sat and you know listened to the stories of the families that were being sponsored and everything. And you know, it was just. It seemed we had a great conversation in between and whatnot. And then all of a sudden the the evening was winding down and Chuck comes up to me and he goes, okay, well, I got to go. My ride's leaving. Bye. <laughs> like bolts, <laughs> like no high five. No, no, nothing. <laughs> I was like, so I'm driving home. And I distinctly remember driving home thinking I must've really read that completely wrong. Like he, like not nothing. Apparently he had to, to bug Danny for my number for a few weeks. And uh, then he called. Yeah. The rest is history. So yeah. you were picking up on some vibes from him. That I thought I was. Then. Okay. I okay. mean, obviously I was, but right. at that, you know, immediately afterwards I was. Completely and I was, lost. I was, I had a, you know, a little too much to drink potentially. <laughs> and uh, the, the evening was fading really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on a one track mind. I, I need to get out of here. <laughs> I need to go. Before you do anything. Stupid. <laughs> I'll talk to Dan tomorrow and, and figure out who she is. <laughs> figure out who she is. <laughs> so apparently I left a very big impression. <laughs> so what did you what did you first but think, Chuck, when you first saw her? I I just I just thought her smile. Obviously she's got a smile in her eyes and, and her laugh. And then when we were talking at the dinner, we just had just 
common threads about how the evening was going and we'd make the same comments about things and, and so on and so forth. And just, just, just felt a connection. Yeah. That's basically it. It's, uh, yeah. And there wasn't anything more than that really. So how yeah. long was it until you guys saw each other again? It's a few weeks. Yeah, it was a, yeah, pro- about a month. Yeah. yeah. So you, May to June. You call her yeah. and ask her on a date. Yeah. But she, when I called her, she was actually she was in Philadelphia when I called her. Lucky so. for him, because I wouldn't have answered the phone otherwise. <laughs> I don't answer for unrecognized numbers. <laughs> you would have got a message from me. <laughs> Why, why'd you answer? Because I was working and okay. I didn't know. So and I was working remotely and I didn't know if it was somebody with work. So I answered the phone and it was it was Chuck. It was me. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> he says I was a little a little harsh and short at first because a little off standish or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I didn't know who was calling. I took you off guard, I think. Yeah, you still right. do. Who is this? What? In different ways. <laughs> so how long were you guys together before you knew, we were a, knew you were a couple? Before we knew we were a couple, it, it wasn't that long. No. I actually remember it, having the conversation. Like the third date, maybe. Yeah. But um, he was in Canada and I was here and I just, I was in a transition period. And I had two, I had, I had two choices and you know this, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was, it was either, let's see where this is going to go, you know, with this super nice guy who showed up on our first date with my favorite flowers and just got out of his car as opposed to, you know, honking. <laughs> Slow right? roll, like, jump so, in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I actually had a guy once show up at the building next door to mine because he couldn't find my building and it was snowing and he had me walk over to that building and mo- I still went on the date. <laughs> Like, he yeah. had me walk in the snow to the building next door. And then this guy shows up and he's got, like I said, my favorite flowers. And he called, and I was planning on just coming down and going. And I got, I remember distinctly just walking out of the building. He was sitting on the bench and it was beautiful. It was June out and he was just so relaxed. And he had this smile on his face when I walked out the door. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I should have him up for some wine or something. Like, I mean, he brought me flowers. At least I can do his poor glass of wine. So um, <laughs> we went upstairs and had a glass of wine. And then we went on with our, you know, reservations and whatnot. So that that made me realize that there was something else going on. But I did have to, I, I could have stayed on the path that I was on with the same type of guy uh, who would have gotten me in the same situation that I w- always was, which was lots Guys of... Guys that are making you walk through the snow. Guys <laughs> that are making me walk through the Got snow. It, right? like, <laughs> don't even put the car in park to let you out, you know. Just, right. There was a lot of energy there with those that type, right? Like it was, it was a, it was very clear. Um, I was comfortable with that. He made me very uncomfortable. Who, who made, Chuck made you uncomfortable? Yeah, he made so, me uncomfortable. So being treated well was uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you think that the way he showed up has something to do with the age difference? I think so. I, I, you know, I would like to say, I mean, we have, we have a soon to be three-year-old son. So I hope that, you know, when he's going on a first date, when he's older, um, that he's chivalry. Show, yeah. Chivalrous. You know, that he shows up with his, you know, with flowers and, and somebody says, whoa, this mm-hmm. guy's different. Right. But I think right now, yeah, it is the age difference. Was it, was that ever a concern in the beginning for you? Well, on our, so that was our first official date. We had an unofficial date um, where he was in the neighborhood. His buddy was playing at, his buddy's band was playing at the the park district or yeah, something like that. And he, yeah. uh, he calls me and I had to go for a run. So I couldn't go. But I said I would meet up for a drink afterwards. And he said, okay, I'll take you up on that. So we met up for a drink afterwards. And this was our unofficial first date. And I remember when he paid for the bill at the bar, 
slyly trying to check on his um, my saw's driver's license and trying to check and see what his date of birth was because I knew he was older, right? Like I just right, needed to know how old. Know how, I didn't know how, how old. Yeah. So <laughs> you didn't but, ask Dan. No. <laughs> well, I you know I didn't I. I was trying, I obviously knew that they were the same age, but I didn't want to be rude and ask Dan his age, nor did I want to be rude and ask Chuck his age. So instead I was rude and totally stole his data (laughs) off of his driver's license. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the creeper now? (laughs) This girl. Yeah. So was that that typical Mm -hmm. for you, Chuck, that you would when you dated, you know, we have that chivalrousness? Yeah, I just, that's the way... I was, I guess that's where I was brought up. And that's what I always did on the first date. The dates after that, I, you know, tried to to be as chivalrous as I could. Did did you find that some women had a hard time with that? No. Okay. Just just this one. Yeah. (laughs) But she didn't show that she had a hard time with it, though. I I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I mean, I, it was just, it was completely unexpected. You were not used to it. I wasn't used to it. Mm -hmm. And even my girlfriends, you know, it's like. So, the, you know, you're, the next day you're talking, how'd it go? And I said, well, he showed up with flowers. He did what? <laughs> huh? You only yeah. see that in the movies. Yeah, exactly. And your favorite flowers. Your favorite. How did he even know? He actually paid attention. I, I think a lot of women that I work with that are independent and have been not only taking care of themselves, but other people like you yeah. took care of a lot of people in your family. They don't know how to do this thing that I call drop the hanky. You know, where you know you don't go on the first date and pay. You have to learn to receive because ultimately women are the ones who get pregnant. And Mm -hmm. the point of dating is to make sure this guy can actually protect and provide for you when you are in a vulnerable position. And unfortunately, so many women today have had to kind of do both sides themselves. So they don't, they don't want to have that vulnerability. So they're like, "Eh, I'll just pay myself. Then I don't owe anyone anything. And it really disrupts the whole dating process. It really does. And and I mean, we wound up, Chuck was in a, I hope you don't mind me saying this, in a, in a different financial position than I was when we started dating. Um, yeah. And when I found out about that, you know, that was when we turned the tables. If up to that point, he had been paying for everything. And I realized that he really didn't have the money to be doing mm-hmm. that. But he was still, he was going to figure out a way. This is, this is what I'm supposed to, this is what I want to be doing. Right. Um, so I'll figure it out. But once I got wind of that, I, you know, we we found a way that worked for us mm-hmm. so that I could feel and I think I kind of like because I'm so used to taking care of everyone. And then he was able to focus on getting himself out of that financial predicament and just know that he was able to demonstrate the type of man that he was right, and that he is before we had to have that discussion about finances. But what, we had that pretty quick. Was it yeah. at that point that you knew that you guys were a couple and not just dating? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Definitely. Because that, that financial yeah. discussion, I mean, it's a really big yeah. step yeah, for couples. I, I felt like I had to bring it up early because I don't, that's, that's not something that you don't, you don't like try to hide, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is, this is me. If, you know, if we want to keep this going, well, this, this is me. And this is, this is all what I need me. to do. Right. <laughs> and if, you know, you want to keep going. It's your decision. Luckily, she decided yes. How did you feel about how she responded to that? I I thought she was awesome. I was like, man. He was nervous. <laughs> you know, you don't know what I was going to do. Like, this girl's a keeper. So who said mm-hmm. I love you first? I did. Yeah. Yep. When was this? Probably two months in. 
Yeah, it wasn't. It was pretty quick. We moved pretty quick. Yeah, and and he he did not reciprocate. <laughs> All right, Chuck, well, tell us that story. Yeah, you know, I hear what this response was. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't. I, I I really don't know why. I maybe I was just scared, or maybe I just felt like it was moving too fast, and I just I didn't want to feel like I was trying to push it as fast. So he yeah. kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I think that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those words are. Just but it wasn't that far dangling. afterwards. It <laughs> no, wasn't. it wasn't. It wasn't like you know. Maybe it was a little bit of, you know, I wanted to say it first. How did she get to it? I, you know, <laughs> ain't nobody got time you for that. Drop yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just felt right, and I felt like he loved me, so I said it, and then he didn't say anything back, and I almost appreciated that more. So I think that's like that was kind of what mm. needed to happen for us, because historically, you know, in my experience, you say it, and then the person reciprocates, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really mean anything. And it doesn't really mean anything. Right. And for him, it was a huge thing to say those three words. So he wasn't ready to say it yet. And I almost appreciated that more than anything else, I think. I think this is two months into the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty quick. It's pretty yeah. quick. Right. Very quick. But, you know, and was, so you're waiting until you mean it to say right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. I mean, just to be sure. I mean, I, I knew. I knew it was. How did you know? We never argued. Never. Well, we were only together two months. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of people that start arguing right away, you know. And that's true. Yeah, I mean, we were always on the same page. We we even though with the age difference, it seemed like we liked the same things. And I don't know. It's just just you don't know, right? It's just a feeling, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just this is the one, you know. Because I remember her saying one time, she just looks at me. She goes, "We're gonna get married, aren't we?" I looked at her and I was like, I think so. (laughs) So he couldn't say I love you, but he could tell me he was going to marry me. (laughs) So let me ask you guys this, because, you know, this is kind of an experience that Gene and I had. I felt like age difference between the two of us and we're six years apart was something that was just like on paper. And that when we were together, it it really didn't matter. It wasn't something that was an issue. But when we would talk about how old we were with other people, that's when it really came to light. But it's it an was issue a, for it's, other people. Yeah, yeah, it's similar for us. It's the same way. Yeah, and 11 years. I mean, we joke about it sometimes, right? What kind of reactions yeah. do you guys get from people? Well, he gets high fives. <laughs> <He gets, laughs> I do too. She does too, <laughs> right. I was a cougar before it was even a word. <laughs> Always yeah. the, the most famous one was when we, in, we ran into a rib, was a rib fest or something? Yeah. Rob Mancone? Yeah. <laughs> he literally. Literally gave me gave you a, a high jumping five. high five. <laughs> nice work. Like, what thanks. kind of reactions did you get? Quiet. Mm. Quiet, quiet reactions. Well, you know what? A lot of it is if I don't tell anybody, they don't know. Like, you know, it's not like you can tell by the way that, Mm -hmm. you know, one of us doesn't look like so much younger or older than the other. He doesn't act like he's like, you know, got a foot in the grave. I try to be (laughs) him. Right. Right. With with us, everyone thinks I'm older than her, which is, (laughs) which doesn't feel good for me. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, I, I think it is more of an issue for other people and they're kind of looking to, to you you know, to how to react. Right. Right. 
Yeah. And we don't think about it. I mean, day to day, we don't think about it. Mm. I mean, sometimes, you know, if when we're together, especially with his friends, right. And they're talking about, you know, oh yeah, you remember when, you know, it was like you know, 89 and we did this and I'm like, nope, don't remember. <laughs> so that's when it comes up and we have a, like, we, yeah. now it's a joke. Ours now comes up one. in music. Yeah. We have yeah, a music very big, big difference. In right. Music. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I look at them, I'm, I'm all my friends. I mean, most of them are the kids are in college or in high school and yeah. I got two little ones, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it doesn't make it hard. It's just interesting. And I, I think in some ways, and we were actually just talking about this not that long ago, how we feel like it benefits us because we like see people at different stages mm. as opposed to being in the thick of it. You know, when you have two mm-hmm. small kids, right? You're like in diapers and bottles and, mm-hmm. you know, all it, you like poop. I mean, it's, that's what your life is. And then you have everyone around you is also in that life. But with Chuck's friends, um, who are my friends, right? I'm just making a distinction here where we have this kind of, they've already been there, done that. They're excited to, they're totally cool with coming by, you know, Mm -hmm. so that we can get the kids to bed and then we can just hang out in our sunroom and have Mm -hmm. a drink or whatever it might be. Um, And they enjoy that. And we see kind of what the fruits of their labor have bore mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to figure it out together because like parenting like marriage and everything else who the hell knows what they're doing right oh right. yeah <laughs> like seriously is there a rule book somewhere <laughs> yeah that's funny because the uh the girl that's babysitting tonight for us right now is is uh, my friend's daughter she's a senior in high school <laughs> and uh, Perfect. one of my good friends good friends and uh so it's coming handy and they were at the at cassie's birthday party a couple of weeks a few weeks ago both of his kids were there. He's got a, a son that's uh, going to be a sophomore. sophomore in college. And uh, she's like, those kids are so good. We need to hang out with John and Annie more. And Lynn. <laughs> we, they need to teach us what they did because yeah. those kids are awesome. They're just like cool. <laughs> super great with people and just yeah. like, and I think they're like normal kids, right? Like where they've mm-hmm. probably done the same thing we all did when we were mm-hmm. in high school. And I don't mean this as a criticism. Mm. I mean this as a compliment because like, I think it's important to have those experiences. Did you guys live together before you got married? We did. How did you decide that? (laughs) Chuck just kept showing up every day with a little jewel bag (laughs) with his clothes for the next day. (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. (laughs) And jewel Uh, bag, or, you know, a grocery store bag, I should say, uh in case, you know, people don't know what jewel jewel is. (laughs) What were you thinking when you were packing every morning? I don't know. I just, you know, because of my financial situation, I was living at, at my parents' house and I had a house with my brother and then he got married and blah, blah, blah. And then I was on the doing a job where I was on the road constantly. And, and then I had, uh, had moved back home and it was living with my parents. I was actually in the process of trying to find a house. Right. That was a fun conversation. And, uh, <laughs> well, cause I, I told, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I was like, this is stupid for you. But like, I have a condo, right? I have a, why, what are you doing? Like something was telling, like compelling me to say, like, don't go and buy a house. First of all, I didn't like the areas he was looking in either. So I like, if this was going to go somewhere, I didn't want to well, live there. I could afford. Right. So, um, you know. right. But, you know, so it was, so that was yeah. one of our, so we had a lot of different, difficult conversations early, maybe not difficult, serious conversations mm-hmm. early because, you know, we were going, we had our two separate lives, you know, I don't know if it right. was, you know, I was 32 when we met and you were 43, right? Yeah. Yeah something around there. So we had, we were very much established as people, as individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of had to have these discussions or we chose to have these discussions sooner just because of the fact that I didn't want him to get further down in this path. And then we both would have had 
these homes, what we were going right. to do. The market wasn't that great, right? Like in, in that. So even before we had the discussion about moving in together, we had to have the discussion about, you know, maybe you should just hold off looking for a house right mm-hmm. now. And that's kind of led to the, you know, you show up every day with your little jewel bag. <laughs> so why don't you just leave some stuff here? Right. Um, I so, think we went mm-hmm. through that where, you know, I'd lived on my own for right. a really long time and you hadn't. And I was like, I think you should. And then you looked at a condo or something and then you just moved in. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense no, at that point, sense. right? right. And that's where we were too. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, super early into it and it just didn't make any sense. But I remember distinctly we were driving. I was going to say, with what, Dan what and Lisa. did you tell Lisa? And she just, she cracked she, the hell up. And, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we were driving and well, Dan was driving, Lisa was in the front mm-hmm. seat. And then we were like in the middle row because it's a three row car. Lisa's like, so Chuck, when did, when did you just, when did you decide to move in? Well, it's not like he moved in. It's just more like he showed up and never left. <laughs> right. And and that's what it was. He just kept right. showing up with his jewel <laughs> bag and he never left. At, at what point did you have that discussion then? About leaving his jewel bag there? No, no, not about the jewel bag. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get a gym bag or something, maybe. But You would think. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> no, it was a jewel bag. <laughs> So it, no, the, the the discussion of you know stop looking at places. Yeah. Let's just try to make this work together here. Yeah, I you know I he was coming over and he loves to cook. He he's, he does lots of things. So he would come over and he would cook and we would you know I would she would sit would, there. Yeah, I would sit there open and the wine, open and drink the wine, the wine and we and would drink and I mean that's what you do when you first start. Like that's yeah. what you're supposed to be able we'll to talk do. for hours and everything. Yeah. Right. Talk for hours. Now we just try and stay awake for twenty <laughs> minutes after the kids go to bed. <laughs> So it just came up in that discussion and it was, I didn't know how to word it, you know, but I did. I said, you know, maybe you should just kind of hold off on that for now. It just doesn't make sense. I don't think for us to have two separate houses. Let's see where this goes. I mean, is it really going to hurt you to wait a little bit? This doesn't go the way we are. It's looking. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad she had the forethought right. to, you know, to say, you know what? Because I wasn't going to bring it up. I right. was going to say, you know, <laughs> should I be looking at houses? I don't know. Why don't I just move in here? How soon into the relationship were you guys having that conversation? That was, that was only a few months. Yeah. I mean, everything in went, between so. you saying I love you and him. Yeah, just, not. Yeah. <laughs> not. It was, Why don't you just. I mean, we were, in, we were engaged by nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Nine months in. Nine yeah. months in. Tell us the story of how you guys got engaged. So I wasn't yeah. big on ultimate. I'm still not. I just don't think ultimatums work that. It's just not who I am. They never worked on me. So I don't think they were on any. I don't want to put them on somebody else. But I did tell him because he always wanted a Christmas wedding. Um, and I was not one of the girls that had my wedding all planned out. But I told him, I said, well, if you want a Christmas wedding, I don't, it doesn't matter what year it is, but I need at least nine months to plan a wedding. So I was actually hoping for 12, 13, 14, because I thought that would have been a fun anniversary. That's, that's a fun <laughs> right? number. Like, right. But we, we got married in 2013 because he proposed on March 9th. <laughs> Nine months. <laughs> so, I was running out of time. And I, was, I gotta so do this. Did, I you, do this. did you plan Down much? Did you talk to her dad? Did you? I did talk did. to her dad and her brother. at their, But only because uh, my brother was there. I mean, you're, yeah, because he's yeah. my baby brother. There, they have the landscaping company and I was over there giving them a hand. They had, they were redoing the tile floor in the, in the office area and I was doing it for them and, uh, helping them out. So I, uh, you know, told them, you know, I'm going to want to marry your daughter. And your, your dad was great. You know, he, he just had a smile on your, 
your brother <laughs> being the typical, you know, Italian type. You better be good to her. <laughs> or else. You or, know? Else. <laughs> or else. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> you know, but he was joking, half halfway joking. But but that meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I mean, my dad and I have had, we have, we have a good relationship now, but it took a while to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Right? But that was huge. I mean, when I was... I was nervous as hell. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more nervous trying to ask your dad than I was when I popped the question. Yeah. So how did you decide on the ring? Um, interesting. Cause I, I, uh, I went and looking at rings and I had a, uh, the only person that knew that I was going to ask her only literally, the, I didn't even nobody. tell my best friend. I didn't tell anybody. I just, that's not the way I, I you know, if, I'm a good secret keeper. So I, nobody knew that this was happening, but I, um, a friend of the family, she had a friend in the diamond business, you know, the, the commercial, but it was uh, an actual uh, guy over in downtown that uh that she had told me before you know she's like if you ever gonna get married let me know because i got a guy you know and everybody in chicago's got a guy and uh <laughs> so i was like i need that number <laughs> no you know you're gonna I'm like yeah and she kept it quiet so i was looking at rings i had remember that there was a piece of furniture in her house in her condo that was the first one of the first things that she bought yeah. for the condo it was this little table for the front door it's like what you put your keys on or whatever and it had this design on the side the way the the way the legs curved and crossed each other and stuff and this ring had that that design right in the side of it and i'm like that's the ring you know you just see it i'm like that's it that's the one i want that's the one i got and she seems to love it i do love it and then so so how'd you ask her so that was uh, that was the next part, and uh, I knew I needed wanted to do something different, but I didn't want to do something corny. I didn't want to you know make this whole big ordeal and how uh, some of these people they got you know it's a big production and all this stuff. I just uh, we're not big production. I just took the ring and I put I it somewhere. I can't even remember. I think I I, I think I ended up had it in my hand when we went to bed, and I just stuffed it under the mattress on my side and left it under there. How he got this past me. And then in the morning (laughs) I grabbed it and I was, I was up way before she was. I'm just waiting for her to wake up just laying there and she wakes up and I'm going to get this completely wrong because I'm nervous. And uh, what did I say? I go, uh, so whenever I, I used to, here, I'll let me help you out. Yeah. Okay. So I used to, it was, a, and I thought about this line yeah. over and over and over again of how I was going to say it. I, one of my favorite things to do is to lay on his chest. And I said that that's my favorite place. And we would just cuddle at night and talk and I would lay on his chest. So he like, we were cuddling that morning and I knew he had to get to my dad's. Like he was doing the, again, doing the tile. Right. And I'm like, why are we cuddling? Like I have an appointment with my trainer. Like what's happening right now? I'm like, he wants to cuddle. I'll take it. <laughs> so, good thing I did because. I said something about being in your favorite place. I go, what, what I go, yeah. I was going to give him a shot. Okay. Yeah, so let I, me just I, finish here. So I can't believe I can't remember exactly the words that I, that I said. And so I was laying on his chest and he goes, do you know what would make your favorite place even better? And oh. the first thing that popped in my head was chest implants because <laughs> not because I thought he needed them, but because that was the, like that, I don't know. That right. was the only thing could make I this had, more comfortable. I had no clue like where he was going with those. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and he goes, being in your favorite place is my wife. And I was just holding the ring. And she freaked out. I totally freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't see it coming. I totally 
didn't. I was so mad. No, I had, well, that was the other thing. I had to figure out a way to, yeah, to take, keep, me out get to her off nice guard. Dinner. I mean, there was, how yeah. else is he going to do it? I mean, you know, going out, okay, a big, big fancy dinner or whatever. Totally and, know. you know, and now that ain't going to work. And, you know, we're going to go to this, this place. Why, why are we going here? And I don't know. I just want to go. No, that wouldn't work. And so I had to keep it pretty low key and it, and it worked. It did work. So we kind of have this theory that the way a wedding goes is the way a marriage goes. So the way a couple plans their wedding, it sort of is kind of symbolic of how their marriage yeah. is. Would you guys say that's true? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we didn't I mean, really disagree on anything. We talked about he was involved in the whole process. It mm. wasn't just, you know, do whatever you want to do. We were thoughtful about I mean, we... we we're trying to find ways to save money. So we did the programs and, mm -hmm. you know, we, we printed them ourselves and we put little bows on them and yeah. he was up, you know, put tie in the bows and the ribbon. Yeah. And the whole we, thing we was a collaboration. You know, she's it was a collaboration. really good at the planning and all that stuff. And He's I was really into the food part of it. Right. Yeah. And she mm -hmm. didn't really wasn't, you know, I'm not going to say she didn't care about the food, but. You know, she's like, all right, well, what, what do we do? And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I want to do this <laughs> and that. And, you know, we can. And, I uh, put in my requests and, and I was like, okay, I want Chilean sea bass and like a quinoa for a veggie option. And he's, he just made it happen. Right? And we so. came up with this really cool menu and with the options for people. And it was, and awesome. it was fun. And we just it had a good awesome. time planning it. And we just, and it was December, from, it was a December Christmas wedding. And. You know, so we had ice sculptures with mm -hmm. for, for, the, centerpieces. for the centerpieces with a little bit of flowers in them and stuff. And we just we just did something completely different. We had fun with it. And uh, yeah. why did you want a Christmas wedding? I just one of the reasons was and it really didn't even happen, did it with snow? Well, snow was one of them. But you wanted to um, snow. That's he did. I, uh, <laughs> was the church because we ended up getting married at uh, my church where I grew up. At St. Paul of the Cross, I remember at Christmas time. I mean, the, the church was decorated so beautiful. I mean, poinsettias everywhere, all over this altar, and every, and it was just beautiful. And uh, I thought it'd be really cool to have that for for a wedding. And then one of the other, you know, the snow part of it is my sister got married in December, about the same. You know, so, yeah, a little bit uh, different date, but uh, she got married in Austria, where they met, and. The wedding, I remember going into the chapel, there's no snow on the ground, had the wedding. And then by the time we came out, there's two inches of snow, there's huge snowflakes and they go wow. busting out into the courtyard and this, uh, uh, after the wedding and they're dancing around <coughs> in the snow. And I just thought it was one of those cool scenes, you know, I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. So, and, you know, so she didn't think yeah. about a wedding, but you did. I, th I, I just thought about a, a part of it. Yeah. And yeah. the groomzilla. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it was like. You know, whatever. And uh, so, yeah. But we, it was, we, we brought a lot of our family into it too. Like we wanted to make sure we, we don't want to make other people happy. It wasn't, it was our goal to make us happy, but mm -hmm. what makes us happy is making sure everyone's having a good time. So we wanted to make sure the food was good and the music was good and the drinks were flowing and it was convenient. The location was convenient, which was easy. I mean, he grew up in Park Ridge. I grew up in Morton Grove. Our families all still live in the area. Mm -hmm. It didn't really complicate things, but yeah. it was, I mean, I think you know, one thing with the age difference is I too growing, I'm the oldest and the oldest of all my cousins. Um, so I've always been older. I've always hung out with the adults and mm -hmm. with the grownups and always acted like a grown up. So I think that that might be 
And I was the oldest out of my whole family, too, of all the cousins and everything, too. I mean, we have that in common as well. We do have that in common. I think that kind of brings the age gap a little bit for me closer to his. You grew up early. Grew up early. Yeah. Let's talk about that. (laughs) So we've known you longer than Chuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I probably wouldn't know Chuck if I was. A little little bit of trivia. Today's Dean's birthday. Is it? He's 20. I know. So I don't know how old he was when we met you, but that's an interesting like marker. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you know us? <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I started seeing Jean back in a long time ago. I started seeing Jean. I just realized, I don't know that I needed some help. Right? I had um, a coworker who I think had done taken some of your group classes or something and, and had recommended the lighthouse said, well, let's give it, you know, let's give it a shot. And um, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I still sometimes don't know what to expect. (laughs) 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 Got to keep you guessing. (laughs) Yeah, we did a, Gene and I did a lot of work on me as an individual, which was really important. Getting my own place. That was, that was us, right? That was us getting to Mm -hmm. that place because I didn't know how I was going to pay for a blender. Well, very early in your life, you took on some big responsibilities. I did. I did. I took on, you know, my parents are divorced. So that changes the dynamic. How old were you when they got divorced? I was 15. So that was old enough, but still young. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I, I was old and I say old enough because I was old enough to take on responsibility and feel that I had to and try and help out um, and feel that I had to contribute. You know, so I, when you're underage, you can't work 40 hours a week, but if you work two jobs part-time, you can. Right. So I did that. Kept a decent GPA and was in And you're financially contributing to the family. Financially contributing to the family at that point. You know, paying whether it be the electric bill or or whatever needed to be done. Um, My brother was 10 at the time. So if my mom was working, if he needed to go to a doctor's appointment, I would take him. We only had one car. I would um, accompany her to parent teacher conferences for him and, and help wherever I can or could. So there was a lot of intertwining mm-hmm. <laughs> that needed to be unraveled to realize who I was and what I wanted and what I needed and what I could do. And that me doing things for me was not not doing things for my family. It was actually putting me in a better position to, if I chose to help them. So there was a lot of undoing. So being as young as you were and having the stress that you had, you originally came in to see me because... Go ahead. Tell the story. I was sleep eating. Yes. Yes. Now I would just love to sleep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and, you know, you, you, I think you're the first person I knew that worked out with a trainer and you would come in and you're like, I have 530 in the morning. I'm working out with my trainer all the time and I'm not losing any weight because I was getting up at night and eating and there were not. I had no control over what was in the house. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I, I can't blame other people. I mean, I was putting the food in my mouth, right? But it's easier to control that like when you have your own place. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're living at the time, I was at home. So I think my nephew was already moved out at that point. But it was like my sister and her husband and my brother and my mom and their kids and me. And it was a all in the family kind of, yeah. you know, happy little family thing. So there was a lot of junk in the house and, and a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And yeah, I was sleep eating. How did your relationship with your body <clears throat> impact you being in relationships back then? 
I did not, I was not okay with saying no. I felt like you just always had to say yes. Right. And I think a lot of women feel like that. Mm -hmm. Like you have to say yes. So you come last. Yes. Maybe not at all. Right. Yeah. So everyone else's needs are important. Yes. I saw a little bit of that. It's, I mean, it's something you have to, it's something you have to be conscious about and have a partner that supports you and realizes that that's not healthy and calls you out on it, Mm -hmm. which Chuck does. He does. He does. Try to at least. Yeah. And then then I I yell at him. (laughs) <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so, so what was your relationship with your body like for you? Miserable. It was, I, I felt trapped. I felt trapped in my own body. At, at about what age did you kind of start to feel that way? I can't remember an age I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had tried every diet since I remember being in sixth grade, somebody reading or somebody telling me that like, if you just sucked on lemons, right, that would help you lose weight. So that's what I would do. Good, mm. and good six, advice. In six, yeah, exactly. That's going to burn the fat away. I think mine was, if I just drink tab, one calorie tab, I'll just have that tab. for my diet. Now you're dating yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the first diet I had tried. So I had always been, you know, and that was something that I struggled with um, when we got pregnant. Like that fear, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, of, yeah. of going back to that. When do you feel like you were able to sort of master your body or have a healthier relationship with your body? I would say probably not long before I met Chuck. Mm. So I think there was a point you moved out and then you could control what was in the refrigerator when you slept eight. Yes. (laughs) And then what happened? And I lost 90 pounds. Yeah. I lost 90 pounds and it wasn't just and it just kind of like all of a sudden it just almost it felt like it fell off right because you I for so many I mean I worked out with a trainer for so many years and finally it was just working it was just working and you know one of the fears a lot of women have is that you know that attention from you know when you're overweight you're sort of an invisible person in our culture right and then when you start to get noticed it can be a little overwhelming how was that for you that was spring break my friends called that spring break. It spring wasn't break. actually spring break. It was not actually. It was my spring yes, break it was season of your life. It was your spring of break. Life. It was uh, my spring break because I did not have, you know, I didn't do that when I was young because I went to, you know, I was putting myself through college and mm-hmm. um, working and whatnot. So it was my spring break. It was not a good time. It was not a highlight. I did some really stupid, stupid shit. I mean, and I have to say it that way because it was really dumb. I put myself in some really, really bad situations. Um, And luckily I have some really, really awesome friends. And I just pray that our kids have that because I hope they don't do stupid shit, but they're going to, (laughs) right? But, you know, that's that's what helped get me through it. And my girlfriends had actually had a talk and they said, okay, we're going to, they had a date like in their mind. Okay, we're going to, we're going to let this play out and we're going to see. And if by this date, she's still doing this, we're going to sit her down and talk to her. Mm. That's how bad it was. So I remember that time. Yeah. And I knew at that point, the, the work we were doing, you needed something different. Yeah. And so I suggested that you work with Ray. Yes. Multiple times. (laughs) Oh, it took a bit (laughs) for you to to get the courage up. And then I still didn't get the courage up. I think he just came to once. You're like, are you okay if Ray comes in? And I said, (laughs) Okay. okay. And I don't know if you're like standing out the door or whatnot. No. no. Didn't know what I was in for. You know, and and, that makes two of us. And in my thinking back then was, you know, you were doing so well 
learning about who you were and being independent and setting appropriate boundaries with your family and all that kind of stuff. But then all that attention you were getting, you didn't know how to show up powerfully in a partnership. And, you know, my thought is here's a great template. Here's this, my healthy husband over here that could... I try. (laughs) Could help you learn what guys are actually thinking and whatever. And so I passed you on. Yeah. How was that? It was... I didn't know at first what it was going to be like. Me neither. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was the first time we tried that. I think it worked. Um, It worked. It definitely worked. But yeah, I, uh, I remember distinctly... Every session, really. It wasn't just multiple. It was literally every session when Ray would look at me and laugh when I told him my rationale for doing something. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what we're going you with. You did what? Or, yeah. Or that's what you think that meant. Mm. No, really. Why did you walk into that bar by yourself to have a drink? You knew your girlfriend wasn't going to, there was a potential she wasn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. What was really your motivation for doing that? I remember that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how is it different hearing that from a guy rather than from me as a girl? It was more powerful just because there's the the thought that that's what guys want, right? Like the kind of guy that you want to find because he's the kind of guy that's going to actually partner with you and collaborate with you. He wants you to be sitting at a bar by your stool by yourself at midnight, mm, right? Like right, he doesn't. Right. The guy that wants that is the guy who's looking for a one night stand or something easy, right? And mm-hmm. And then you don't have to face much rejection because if he's looking for a one night stand, then at least that night's taken care of. Right. <laughs> right. And that was, that was, I mean, that was the path. I mean, it wasn't necessarily all one night stands, but it was, you know, that type of non-committed relationship that I had that choice to stay down that path or to see where I was going to go with Chuck. What are some things you learned during that time that you learned about yourself as a woman in a relationship and what you should expect from a partner? I think the biggest thing that I learned is that I needed to enjoy being with myself before I could enjoy being part of something. So there were a lot of nights I had dinner by myself. There were a lot of nights I didn't, you know, or I'd have dinner by myself and I'd say, okay, I'm going to go at a, um, and on an again, off again guy that worked at a bar. That was, that was trouble. There were lots of nights I could just drive up Lincoln Avenue and not have to pay for anything, you know, see where the night took me. And this is no surprise to Chuck. So this is like yeah. not the first time. Right. Heard right. Any of this stuff just would hope so. Yeah. Wondering. <laughs> you, like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> so those are, those are very, very toxic, very codependent relationships yep. that a lot of people, it's almost, it is an addiction. And it's something, once you're in the process of it, it's hard to think or feel your way out of it. It really was. Well, especially when you can't see anything but, mm-hmm. right? You're just kind of locked in that, that paradigm. And you can't break yourself out of that. Right. And if you don't have someone like yourselves, uh, Ray and Jean, helping kind of guide you through that, you don't even realize because you're not going to be able to get yourself to the point that you're even going to be in a situation where a Chuck's going to go, a healthy guy is Mm going to come along. And if he does, you're going to tell him to go take a long walk because Mm -hmm. he's the nice guy that shows up with the flowers. Right. And you... One of the first things that happened, I had a shoulder surgery. <laughs> that's, that's the age. Health, healthy, right? There's the age showing. <laughs> Sitting in the condo, my arm in a sling for three months. <laughs> Made him drive home from a bar one night. Um, that's right. He was a designated driver. A week um, after my surgery. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it was just, you know, you 
you need to have that that guidance and that something to to kind of take you out of that. It was you guys. It was meditation, right? It yeah. was my girlfriends. You know, we all help each other. We don't necessarily know. Um, we don't have the training, right? But we, you know, we know that okay, this what you're doing is unhealthy. Mm. <laughs> Right. Like any, that's how bad it was. Right. Sometimes when people are doing unhealthy things, you don't even know the things I was doing were so consistent and so toxic and so unhealthy that everyone knew. Yeah. I mean, my friends, my coworkers obviously didn't, but but my friends knew. Chuck, what was going on for you before you met her? Well, I was in, uh, I had just come back from California. Right. Yeah. 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 I was uh, a few months earlier. I was working in, uh, with my sister. I had, we had a little business that we were doing in California. I was there for a couple of years. I was dating a girl before I left for California and it just, I don't know. I was with her for a while. It was three, four, five years maybe. And it just didn't seem right all along. It just never seemed right. And it never did. She wanted, you know, we had split up for a while and then she was wanting to get back together. And when I was out in California and I thought I'd give it one more chance and I met up with her in, in San Antonio for all places she had some trips she had to go to there. And I met her up there and, and the second I got there, I knew it was just, it was a mistake. It wasn't anything there. So I just went back to California and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to find anybody and, but whatever it is, what it is. And it's going to try to move on with my life and, and keep going. And then I decided to move back to Chicago. And then it wasn't long after I moved back is when I met, when I met Angela. One thing that yeah. I always, I'm sorry if I cut someone off, but one thing I always admire about Chuck was that he actually had the courage to end relationships when they were bad. Mm. Like my relationships were so bad. Like you just blocked their phone numbers and just stopped talking. <laughs> like, like there was no, he, he actually had closure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that my ghosting. closure is literally you wow. have, and that was the only way because they were just right. so toxic. But so that's something that I just really admire in him just mm-hmm. because I think that takes a lot of strength. And I did, I took the way out that I needed to, but mm-hmm. it, it was but Chuck, did you find that there was kind of a, a common theme in the relationships that you were having before you met Angela? No, not really. No, because it was the 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 three previous ones. The one was, she, I don't know, she, it's hard to explain her. She just, I don't know, that one, it was just weird. It, and then I... That was the common theme. Yeah, it was just, it was <laughs> just, just strange. And I just... <laughs> Yeah, she just didn't think I did anything right, you know, and it was, I would do something wrong and she'd just get like, why, why? It's, it's spaghetti. I, mm-hmm. made, I made it like you didn't like it for some reason. Whatever. I, you know, it's actually really good. <laughs> you know, it's just weird. It was just weird. And then there was another girl that I, and she was really nice. It's just that she, she was, she was too nice. You know, she was just kind of boring, you know, mm. <laughs> and just. She didn't really challenge you. No. And she was just super nice. And, you know, I got along with all my girlfriends, Mm -hmm. you know, and not like that. I had tons of them, you know, but. You could get along um, with a piece of two by four. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I don't, I mean, that is a compliment to him, not as a criticism of the ladies. Well, one of the reasons why I ended up in my financial situation is uh, because of that one girlfriend that I had. She. She wasn't divorced because they never got married, but she had a she had a son, and they were going through the whole custody battle, and she needed and, and lawyers and court appearances and this and that, and I was and you I was helping her. I was helping her with all that, and I spent a lot of money on wow. that. Wow, and yeah, and I 
you, credit you, cards. And I, do you know, I, we might have suggested to you if you were working with us back then. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> so you can see the kind of the equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Of and I, I ended up doing that and, but a little bit too late. You know, I just felt really bad for her and I was, you know, trying to help her in any way I could. And then, you know, I, I got a credit card for her in my name. And that's one of the things that turned things in the, the wrong direction where, that, yeah, it, yeah, rack that credit up, credit card up big time, you know? And, uh, yeah. Do you know why you thought that? Like, I hear, I'm going to go get you a credit card. What were you actually thinking? Was you trying to help her? Yeah, I thought it was going to be able to help her, you know? Well, you thought I, that's what I, you're supposed to do, right? Like, well, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I need to help her. I, I I'm mean, saying this because that's what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right. Because at that time, you know, I thought we might even get married, you know, but I was, mm-hmm. so I, I got to help her, you know, and then it just, the things she started doing once I was helping her, she just kept taking advantage and taking advantage and taking advantage and like, this isn't just not right, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and then it, it, a few times I'm like, well, I'm in this so deep. I'm, I'm, this is it. I might as well just stay here and mm-hmm. do it. And then finally I was just like, you know what? No, I don't care if I lost the money. I just got to get out of here and, and move on, you know, and. That's yeah. another tough relationship to yeah. walk away from. Yeah. That's a hard pattern to, to break. Yeah. So you're post 40 at this time in your life. Mm-hmm. Haven't had kids, haven't been married. Nope. How are you feeling? What are oh, you thinking? I'm feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> new shoulder. I got, I got a new hip. Now, now. But before, but you, when, met before yeah. you met her in this, yeah. you know, another relationship. I think I had just, I had come to terms with, you know, you know what? Maybe I won't find anybody, but no, I'm still going to have a good time. I, I always, I always did all kinds of different things. I had different jobs. I traveled the country with a racing job that I was with and did this. I wasn't afraid to just do different things. And so that kept me busy and kept me distracted, distracted. Yeah. And, but you kind of resigned yourself to maybe this. Yeah, is never I don't know happen. if I fully resigned myself, but, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to my sister and brother-in-law in California. They were, they were like, you know what? Why don't you come out here? We'll start up this. We want to start up this business selling wine online. So we started this business and that kept me, you know, like, oh, maybe I'll meet somebody out in California. And uh, so I went to California and for two years and we were so busy with the with the company and everything. It didn't have any time to do anything else, you know, so. Well, he got but I had a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and it just is totally distracted. And so you were pretty good at being a single person. Yeah. 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 He got pretty emotional when our son, our son's older. He got pretty emotional after our son was born. Cause he, yeah. you remember? Yeah, I know. I, I said, I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd have a son or a daughter, you know? And now you got I one. Said, I never thought I'd have this. Never. And when Did, he, that, the second he was born, I was like, I can't believe it, you know? But it's now amazing. it's here, you know? And Did you yeah. go to um, prenatal classes? We did. How, how was that bit. for you guys? Were you guys about the same age as everybody else in there? No, we did that online. I wasn't about to have, waddle myself into a class. <laughs> online pregnant women. prenatal classes? <laughs> <laughs> so the YouTube video or yeah, something? It was, it was horrible. <laughs> Honestly, if you're going to take the classes, you should really probably go to the, like the online. It was just, yeah, it, it was, was not. But the one we did or go just don't to take for a class was right. actually the, uh, the CPR. The, uh, oh, yeah, first, we went to CPR. Yeah, the, yeah the but that wasn't just like yeah. couples with, you know... No. So we didn't, yeah. we kind of avoided that, but. Was that part of 
a, a thought because of your guys' ages? No. It was a thought because of my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> which, which was? Just probably better if I'm not around other pregnant women. <laughs> because I, didn't, I was not a happy pregnant woman. Like everyone tells you that like, you know, well, actually nobody tells you anything about pregnancy and it, some people find it probably a little bit different. Everyone's experience is different, but mm -hmm. it really sucks. Mm -hmm. You have no control over your She body. was under the impression that she was going to work out until yeah. the baby was born. Right. And instead. And when that didn't happen, she didn't like it so no. much. No. So instead <laughs> I sat on the couch and while with our son, I ate lots of cheese fries and like beef sandwiches. And with our daughter, I ate like pans of brownies and cookies. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm so, not even kidding. Oh, so no. he would go and he would come back from the grocery store with bags of stuff. And so I gained 80 pounds with our son and 60 with our daughter. So wow. you spend a long period of your life overweight. Yep. Finally get into a position where you kind of have your body under control and you're healthy and right. you have a good relationship. And then you lose control. Yeah. Because something else takes over and is your yeah. host too. How, how did that feel? So from that like that aspect, it was kind of um, a weird like line and, and balance because that part sucked, but then it was really cool, right? Like you have this child moving and you can feel it and you, you, you know, you already love your baby and you kind of talk to it and then you feel weird about talking to it because you're talking <laughs> to your stomach and it's kind of weird. They can hear though. They can, you know, but it's like, and you know, it, it's, so it's, it's really cool. And, to look in the mirror, but I did have to have conscious discussions with myself when I would look in the mirror and say, this is not your body the way that it used to be, right? Mm -hmm. This is your body carrying our child. So trying to, to change that perspective. And this is not fat Angela. This is mom, right? This is, this is who you're becoming. This is not who you were. And then it was a struggle and it still is. I mean, I, um, yeah, I tried my best to, you were, to support you and you did and, and, and get me brownies. And, and, it was awesome. And, 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 and said, don't worry, don't worry. You know, when that, when this is all done, we're gonna we're gonna and we did. we're gonna be just fine. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be all good. Yeah. And he's cry. And then <laughs> cried a lot. Then, and then it'll be okay. What what was it like for you to watch her body go through those changes? I thought it, I mean, I was just amazed and in awe, you know, and I'm just like, Don't worry about it. You're building the perfect baby. You know, you're building the perfect baby. And we did. Yeah, you did, and uh, we did twice. We got two perfect babies, you know, and then I'm like, see, see, these are perfect babies, you know. That's that's why, you know, that's what you went through to do this, and you know, she tried to help. Guys, don't say that to your spouse. I'm kidding. It did help. You tried, but honestly, when you're in the throes of it and you're like have hormones raging, and somebody's <laughs> telling you like you're just building the perfect baby, yeah. like that's really not. I don't think there's anything you can say no, at that yeah, point, that's really. A good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were doomed. I was from trying. I was you trying. It, it is a really interesting way that we're kind of designed like that, right? Like, mm. guys don't really get fat and women's weights all over the place all the time. And then you have to go through this experience that makes you go through this huge weight shift. On purpose. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, the, for for people who are single, for people who've never had a baby... I think their fear is that, you know, for men and women, oh my God, my wife is going to, you know, get huge or my body's going to change. No one's going to love me. Yeah. And if that were true, I think everyone would be divorced because, <laughs> you know, everyone goes through those changes. And yeah. I think those things, when you're in a, a real relationship, when you really love, 
is so insignificant. I mean, you see each other every day and those changes happen just gradually. And I don't even, I don't even notice changes in you. I don't. And then maybe like if I see a picture, like, oh, you know, but you see it all the time and it's so insignificant compared to so many other things that are so much more important, like someone who shows up for you and someone you can trust and someone that, that is loyal and just has your back and cares about you is so much more important than size of your thighs. Yeah. Your thigh gap. So let me ask you guys, because this is a, when we ask couples about the challenges that they face in their relationship, a lot of times they kind of give us the smoothed over version, right? And every relationship runs into challenges. Every relationship runs into conflict. Okay. Couples argue it is necessary in a relationship in order to get to a place of complete understanding and connection, right? Mm -hmm. So what are, what are some of the challenges you guys have faced in your relationship, in your marriage? And how have you guys handled conflict? Cleaning. Really? That was the first thing that came to your mind? Loves to clean. <laughs> Apparently I have a problem. <laughs> loves to clean. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But, you know, every once in a while. Do you guys know? have common things that you have conflict about? No. Yeah. Well, we our, our families. Our families. Yeah. <laughs> our families. Yeah. That's a, that's other, a big one for yeah. a particular yeah. one person in each family. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and then the other person. <laughs> Two people in each family. <laughs> Two people in each family. Well, maybe a little more. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? A lot of it stems from I think us being single for so long, right? Because we were older when we got married. And I, we weren't old by any means. And I was 10 years, 11 years younger than him. But our families were so used to having us around to mm, do things for them. Yeah. And now they don't. And it wasn't just because when we first started dating, nothing changed. Then we just had it. Well, my dad was like, awesome. This guy can build anything. Chuck, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. You know, and, in, you know, we helped out. I remember cleaning, you know, the fans and your parents in the, mm. in the uh, family room there. And, you know, cause that she couldn't, my mother-in-law couldn't get up there. So we did all those things. But then once the kids came, that's when like the family dynamic really, cause I, I needed him more. Mm -hmm. Did you guys both that. have the same role in your families of origin? We did. You're the caretakers of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because me and my brothers, you know, we're all handy, very handy. And so my mom always, you know, she ne never had to call a handyman or anybody ever growing, you know, the, whole, the cause my dad always fixed things. And so that's what we always did with our family. You know, I, something needed to be done at the parents' house. We, we fixed it. We did it. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, so I was just so used to just going over there whenever anything needed to be done, getting it done, you know, and because most people, Call somebody to have mm -hmm. it done, and mm -hmm. uh, but no, it was just me or my brothers. We'd go over there, go over there, and fix it. And, and prior to having a family, you didn't have anyone else to consider. It didn't matter. So how yeah. does that work now? It's 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 difficult now because I mean I mean because I don't have the time and or the energy to get it done, you know. But I do feel like I need to, you know, because my parents were always supportive with whatever we did, you know, and, and, and money and everything, you know. They'd always, you know. So I always felt like I owed it to him, mm -hmm. you know, to, to go and there was an obligation stuff. there. Right. 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 Yeah. So we do uh, talk about how he has paid his debt. 
<laughs> that is a common theme. There's a lot of nice custom work in that house. <laughs> well, there's there's been a lot, and and there's a lot now that you know, just little things like if we go out to breakfast, we pay or to dinner. You know, like those, yeah. just like little things like that. That I think put you in a position where that debt has been paid. I think so, and yeah. it's of course easy for me to say to him. But my mom being my 75 trouble. years old, you know, she's just stuck in her way. So, you know, I need this done. Oh, I just call the kids and they, they get it done. You it's know. just an expectation. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. She's so used well, to doing yeah. it. She's been doing it for 50 years or whatever it is. So the challenge is trying to balance, you know, taking care of yeah. your family and and then trying to take care of, you know, your extended family. Yeah. Right? You know, and, and, and now this shift, right? Because before when you were single, it was easy then. Just yeah. take care of your extended family. It's fine. But now you have your entire, your immediate family now that you have created and mm -hmm. having to be there for them. Now, how do you, how do you navigate that? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he says no a lot. And then, yeah. like, you know, and. Yeah. And I feel bad, you know, saying no. But I try to explain to her, you know, I just, I got my kids now. And, and my mom understands. She's like, I know, I know. It's the same thing. I. You know, we never went and saw, you know, your grandparents because we were just too busy with the kid, with you but guys. Requests you know, and, coming. Mm. <laughs> but the, so, so that, but it's become, no different with your family, too, right? right? <laughs> I was trying to keep quiet during right, that because yeah. I knew the tables were going to turn. So you have the same thing going on on we your do. side? Yes. Very so much she's so. constantly so having to do things for her parents, you know, right. and it's just, yeah. So when you guys get into a point where there's the conflict, how do you guys navigate that? Wine. Yes. <laughs> Red or white. Exactly. Red it's funny because when you do that, so red or white. <laughs> but, and then we, then we laugh and because I think we have that relationship and yeah. we, we, we argue. Just, I mean, we yell. And, but, but it doesn't last long at all. But we know? talk through it. Like and, we, we try and keep the yelling part. Yeah. To a minimum, you know. How do you try that? I I really take a second and pause because the stuff that's going through my brain most of the time should never come out of there. <laughs> 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 like it should just stay there. And I have to, so I l try and listen and go through in my head about what my expectations are. And did he know those expectations and are they reasonable expectations? Because a lot of times I either didn't communicate those expectations to him or they're not reasonable because I can be very demanding and unreasonable at times, a lot of times. <laughs> but so once I, once I kind of do that in my head, that kind of brings me down. And sometimes, you know, I'll just tell him like, I'm not, I'm not trying to upset you. Right. Like this yeah. is where I'm coming from and yeah. he'll do the same. Like it, we, we take a second, we take a step back and we try and explain to the other person where we're coming from and what our perspective is. And almost every single time, probably every single time, if it escalates to a, to a yell, I know what I do when I'll yell. And then instantly as soon as that was, it was it one yell. And then I, I calm myself down. Like I can't yell. Why am I yelling? Yeah. And just, I don't keep yelling and yelling and yelling. I'm like, that doesn't do any good. Stop. Take a breath and think about, you know, what's going on. And then, then we usually end up just working it out. And yeah. sometimes yeah. I do go fold laundry. <laughs> I had that discussion. Like I just, sometimes I just say, you know what? I, yeah. I got to walk away just because of the whole brain thing, right? Like all yeah. the stupid stuff that's going on in my head. I have to sort that out sometimes. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes. We never go to bed mad. No, we never. don't. No. I don't think we're mad. I mean, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, not that I'm like mad, but like, I mean, I think we go and we get to a point where we're like, okay, maybe we haven't fully resolved it, but we're like, you know what? It's let's just sleep just on this. Just table yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So I, so I think that that's maybe what you're referencing. Cause I mean, yeah, there's right. some nights I'm still pissed at you when I go to bed. <laughs> right. I mean. You're just not verbalizing it to I'm the not, other no, person. No. You guys taking a time out, right. like right. table yeah. it. Let's, right. let's go to sleep. Cause then in yeah. the morning, right. generally, I mean, we, we always come back to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we talk it through, but then we're in a different place. Maybe we're more well rested. You know, maybe the wine has worn off, you know, whatever it may be like that, that helps. So there's times we'll do that. So it's, yeah, yeah, we table it. Do you guys sleep in the same room? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every time. Kids Every in the room with no, you? No. Our older one keeps asking. But we keep telling him that he's lucky because he gets his own bed. <laughs> <laughs> we had their kids in their own bed before they were one month old. Yeah, we had them in there. And in it's there. so far, it's worked pretty good because, yeah. 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 Unfortunately, a lot of couples, they they really don't understand the concept that a healthy family means a healthy marriage. Yeah. And then they put the kids first and the kids are getting so much that the couple's not getting anything. Right. And you guys seem to have really good balance with that. We try. Someday yeah, we, we try. try. I mean, yeah. sometimes it, it's not right. And that's the whole thing with balance, right? Mm-hmm. It's not every day, but we really do try. And some days, you know, he had the flu, like the influenza flu um, mm. for a week. So, you know, that was, you know, that changes the balance sure. of things, right? When you have two kids and well, three and, you know, when, when your husband's sick and, yeah. you know, some, if one of the kids is sick or if one of us is busy at work and, you know, he, you were pretty stressed at work right so yeah. that was kind of changed the balance of things a little bit but you work through that and that's the whole point and there's times when i'm busy at work and then he kind of does more and actually now that he's in his newfound freedom pretty soon with his job like i see him back to normal like mm-hmm. with the kids and kind of being more active and involved whereas before it was really getting into your brain and we had yeah. this discussion yeah it's yeah i think we, we work through everything we uh oh, yeah yeah, we don't we don't let things fester and uh, don't put them off. We pretty much, like you said, take if it, if it goes overnight, it's figured out by the next morning. You know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, last question: How do you know your partner loves you? That's a good question. <laughs> how? You want to go first? How do I know she loves me? She just puts up with me. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard. It's just. I mean, because I'm pretty laid back and relaxed about things, and sometimes she gets mad about that. But I don't know. I think I think she loves that about me. I do love that about you. And mm-hmm. I just try to put, you know, it's, just, it's not a big deal. It's not a big, but it is a big deal. No, relax. That I don't know. I think that's it. What do you think? I don't know if you really answered the question because my answer is completely different. But well, I imagine your your answer is going to be different (laughs) and should be different, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Good point. Um, No, just like little little things, you know, and just to kind of like talk about, you know, after while being pregnant or afterwards when you're postpartum and you're just not your body's not where you want it to be, and he's always, you know, did a little, you know butt grab or you know like little stuff like that like nothing nothing major or just you know if he's walking past in the kitchen he'll just put his hand on me you know or, or something like that like having that that bodily contact in a non-sexual way at that point mm-hmm. you know so it's you don't have like that ulterior motive 
right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's right. just literally, I'm just walking by or, you know, just a show of affection. Just a show of affection. Yeah. And he does that all the time. And, you know, sometimes, you know, kids are crying and food's all over the place and tears are flowing for me, you know, and there's still that show of affection. So that's how I know, you know, and he, I guess my answer is the same and he puts up with me because I'm a big pain in the ass most of the time. (laughs) Well, Chuck and Angela really want to thank you again, wholeheartedly (laughs) for joining us today on Couple Synergy. You're welcome. We had a good time. You know, we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship. And human beings have been telling stories since the beginning of time. And we hope that you guys sharing your story enriches your lives and the lives of our listeners. For all of you listening, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, again, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian, along with Organizational Director Calvin Javier and Marketing Coordinator Bridget Reese. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs>